you know, one one school night, meet at a train station, and 19 people turned up underneath the train station clock, and we got a train out for half an hour, just under half an hour, got to know each other around a campfire, slept in bivvy bags and hammocks and tents in this park on a hill, and then everyone got up the next morning and zoomed back into London. Bit smelly, but with 18 new friends, and it it just made so much sense. If you'd gone down the road, you know, taking it back to the pub and asked someone, any random person in a pub, do you want to go wild camping with complete strangers tonight near London? They were like, hell no! I'll, I'll totally die. Uh, no thanks. Hi, my name is Andy Ramage. Welcome to my podcast, where I attempt to share the story behind the story of thought leaders, authors, athletes, everyday heroes and alcohol-free adventurers who have found meaning and purpose through their work, while also sharing some of their greatest wisdom. Let's do this. Dave Cornthwaite started saying yes to adventures in his mid-twenties after becoming a bit disillusioned by the corporate path that he was on, and he created a lifetime mission called Expedition 1000 with the aim of completing 25 different journeys, each over a thousand miles, spending less than a thousand pounds, and using a different form of non-motorized transport, walking, running, canoes, bikes. So far, he's completed 15 of the most like insane adventures that he's going to share on the podcast, and this just tend to go, right? And these amazing adventures take a lot less time than you think. So what's stopping you? What's stopping me and you from these great adventures? Well, I'll tell you what it is. The biggest barrier is our mindset. We're too quick to say no to adventures and close down the possibility. And this is exactly what Dave experienced when he asked a group of people if they wanted to go on an impromptu wild camping session one evening. Most said no, but some said yes. Those who attended the impromptu camping session were encouraged to say yes more, which inspired Dave to start a movement called Say Yes More. The Say Yes More movement now has over 10,000 members from all over the world. They even have their own festival called the Yesterval. Right, Dave's message is so powerful. What would happen if you started saying yes to adventure more often? Well, let's find out. All right, let's do this. Team, on September the 6th, I'm running the last Arate Way online adventure to your best self. It's personal development at its best. It's designed specifically for you. And I'm not going to make a secret. I want to train with you. It's what I do best. It's what I've spent the last 10 years educating myself upon. Because it wasn't that long ago. I was struggling a bit. Three stone heavier, overweight, unhappy, unmotivated, unfulfilled, lacking meaning, lacking purpose, feeling a bit meh, a bit five out of 10. But then I went on this personal development adventure and realized it doesn't have to be that way. But we have to do the work and the works in the courses. It's the best learning that I've put together through 10 years of running these online courses to help you move that needle a little bit from where you are point A to where you've always dreamt of being point B. It's personal development at its best. And the results that we get collectively are staggering. So if you want to get more clarity over your goals, find more meaning and purpose, understand how your brain works and do it within a framework and a community that will move the needle in a big way. It's fun. It's energetic. It's exciting. It's an adventure. And it's a tiny, tiny investment in your personal development. It's less than a couple of good nights out. And how many of them have moved the needle in your life, led to more meaning and purpose? None of them. So let's make it happen. Let's get together. Let's train together. I can get to know more of your story. You can get to know more of mine. It's what I do best. Let's make it happen before the year escapes us. September the 6th. Come and join me on the next Arate Way adventure to your best self. To find out more and to sign up, go to arateway.com, A-R-E-T-E way.com or go to andyramage.com, select courses Arate Way. All right. I'll see you on the Arate Way soon. Let's do this. Dave, welcome to the podcast. Thanks so much, Andy. Good to be here. 
Yeah, it's really nice. And our mutual friend, Matt McCormick, who produces this podcast, does such a brilliant job. When we first spoke about this months and months ago, he was like, right, I've got a guest. We've got to get Dave on. The adventures that he's been on, I think, are really going to... Although it's very different to my story, I think we have some similarities in the sense that I think we both reached a point in our lives where we want to challenge the conventional thinking, the status quo, and just do something a bit different. And I must admit, I've read all about the adventures that you've been on and there's a massive part of me that's so jealous it's like that's that's just a bit of me in there there's so much that you've done that um i just admire and i thought we'd explore so i thought it might be a really nice place to start for those people that don't know you was back almost in 2005 when you reached that sort of junction point the build up to that point that huge decision of you know i'm a graphic designer but actually maybe that's not the path for me i'm going to do something different yeah hey you know thanks for those those lovely words and i guess right back at the beginning i just wanted to inspire myself it wasn't yeah. it wasn't about other people um except for the fact that i think when you end up living a life that you're not overly happy with and for me that was definitely mm. the case i was in a doing work uh it didn't ring my bell should we say you, you end up just being really grumpy all the time and that's not good yeah. for anyone around you. And I, yeah, I suppose when you start to recognize that it, it's time to make a change. And yeah, I, I woke up on my 25th birthday and had a conversation with my cat. Really? Yeah. <laughs> I, and the, I, I guess it was like, I'm 25 years old and I had a 10 hour a day PlayStation habit. I was doing a job that I was nonsense at and I don't know why they paid me. And I got no satisfaction from the majority of the hours that I was awake and it, it just didn't feel right. So my cat was like, you know, purring, I'm happy yeah. and I'm just a cat. Why aren't you happy? You've got a choice kind of thing. A very wise cat. And I listened to her, I've been around for a quarter century and I've got yeah. all this potential as a human being. Like I always had something to give or offer or do. I just had no idea what. Uh, I wasn't very good at school. I wasn't very good at university i just went because there was a lovely picture on the front page of the prospectus at swansea and Perfect. yeah i guess i just i was i didn't know where i was going so i i decided that morning that i needed to say yes more and that that motto just has kept me going until now you know life's been li life's been made up of those ideas that most people have in a pub and leave them in the pub you know, leave them at the bottom of the jar and then wake up the next morning and crack back on with how life used to be. And for me, I, I like taking those ideas and making them real. And yeah, it, it feels like so far the last 16, 17 years has gone pretty well. <laughs> it, sort of, it sort of has. And something you've said there is really important because I talk about this a lot about being a dreamer of the day. There's that lovely uh, quote and it, it talks about, you know, those that dream are there why eyes wide open are dangerous men because they're dreamers of the day unlike dreamers of the night where it's all just vanity and I felt like that it was it was the same thing you know and, and in my career at the time I would go to the pub and in the pub people would share all their amazing stories of the things that they were going to do and the careers that they were going to have and they were going to tell the boss what to do and nothing nothing Never ever happened it. and I go back to the same pub to the same spot the same night or a year later or two years later I could go back to the same pub in the same spot now and find the same people telling the same stories having done nothing and that's what I love about your story it's like that moment and I think most of us reach a junction point like that but very very few have the courage to take action so here you are 2005 you've had the conversation with your very wise cat Cats are very wise. Dogs less so. I think you're right to pick a cat. I think a dog would have just gone. Huh? <laughs> yeah. You would have got nowhere. If it'd be my French bulldog, you would have got nothing. It'd just said, sure. have some food. You'd be all yeah. right. Just, just chill out. So the wise cat takes you on this adventure. Like then, what happens? Yeah. So I heeded uh, Kiwa's advice, and I, I I started trying new stuff. I, this this yes thing, and I I, I guess it just took away took away whatever reason I hadn't done that stuff before. And one of the first things I said yes to was a long skateboard. And I'd never skateboarded in 25 years. So right. naturally, I didn't want to fall off and hurt myself. But it it felt I, I always felt this affinity, even though I, I was never, I never really did it uh, with board riding. And I love the idea of being able to on the streets, which are everywhere. Yeah. Uh, rather than kind of have to have to wait for that wave. Yeah, so I got this board and I 
and I got on it and I, I went down this really shallow, pathetically shallow hill uh, for 50 meters or so, didn't fall off and loved that feeling. Simple transition yeah. of weight from toe to heel and I was, I was turning, it felt like I was riding away. So I did it again and again that night and then the next day and then the next day and when I skated into work and all I wanted to do was leave work, lunchtime, end of play and skate again. And yeah. it was just, I, I wasn't like on half pipes or anything. I was literally just trying to find smooth cycle paths and, and travel around. Uh, and, it, and it felt absolutely delightful. And two weeks to the day after I stepped onto that board, for the first time, I skated into work and quit my job. Wow. Uh, went straight in. Ten minutes later, I, I put the keys on the desk, mild argument with the boss, got on my board and skateboarded out of the building, which really annoyed him, uh, which is fine. And I decided that same day that I'd try and break the long distance record on a skateboard. And it all came from this feeling of I found something that gave me a passion and a feeling that I hadn't ever felt. And it was I had no right to try and go for a distance world record on a skateboard. I'd only been I spent a few hours on the thing. Yeah. But it became my life for a couple of years. I set up this project called Board Free, decided to uh, support a few charities, did a warm-up from John O'Groats to Land's End. I was I saw that, yeah. I mean, that's amazing. Yeah. And then crossed Australia. Uh, and it's, you know, I still kind of look back and think, I mean, that was that was a silly decision. <laughs> but at the same time, it was the sanest, the sanest thing I've ever done. I don't really see any kind of glory in in a long distance adventure or world record but it's a it's a really nice learner it's a it was a it was a great lesson for me and if anything it just reminded me that if you've got the time and the will you can do anything i mean and that's what's you know it's so powerful about that little warm-up adventure i'll just do a little warm-up <laughs> across australia and then set up all these new adventures but what's important about that for me is that the original time that you said yes to something and the way I, I see life is that we've got our yeses and nos the wrong way around I'm sure you're familiar with essentialism and Greg McGowan and minimalism and all these things but when I was reflecting on this podcast and getting a chance to speak to you and I started to reflect on yeses and nos I feel that very often we say no really quickly to life adventures because it scares us and they're fearful and we say no, yet we say yes to so many trivial things that literally fill our life and smother us in things that we don't really want to do. They're commitments that we feel that we've got to show up and honor even though they add little or no value to our life. So we're saying yes to all the wrong things and no to these opportunities. Like if you hadn't said yes to the opportunity to, you know, learn the skateboard to walk into the office and I know that's a bit of a burn your bridges moment which can work for some people and not for others yeah. but it's taken you on this adventure which has led to many more adventures I love that and if you experienced that I think we've got our yes and no's the wrong way around in many ways yeah I completely agree and ultimately you know we've all got the same amount of minutes and hours in a day and if you isn't that important but you tell yourself it is and you don't have time for all of the other stuff that you your friends talk about in the pub you know then i guess that's just an individual individual choice for me that that didn't feel good enough anymore i i really wanted yeah. to i wanted to see what i could achieve and you don't you don't know what potential you've got until you you give it a go you've got to kind of shed all of that waste and that fluff and 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 just go for it. do something different don't be afraid of being unique and there's definitely downsides to that and i i wouldn't say that part of the the generic game plan is to you know go in burn a bridge and quit your job you know there's so many ways to have a job and a, and a settled yeah. income which is often the best way to go about things and, and you know find the mad the zany and the creative in between times you're you're five to nine you know rather than the nine to five uh but for me i just i just thought i don't really have anything to lose i was honestly back then pretty depressed bloke i didn't see too much reason to be around and yeah. i i'd had a hard time at school and i've had you know you look at my website you wouldn't really really know and i i i do love amazing periods of life but i i also have this tendency towards depression if i'm not if i'm not being honest with myself so back then it was certainly time to be and on the whole for the last few years i've uh i've followed that same path yeah, I absolutely love it. And it's really inspirational for many of our listeners because I talk about this a lot as well about meaning and purpose and small bets around meaning and purpose as well. And and that 
methodology of not necessarily burning your bridges, but as you described it so brilliantly, you know, from the five to nine, just doing things. And you have to say yes to things to find out what it is that you love. Like you wouldn't have found out that you had an affinity for a skateboard unless you got on a skateboard or volunteering. And I'm seeing it all the time now within our networks and groups that people that are saying yes to thing, having the courage to step outside their comfort zone are exploring lots of things. Some might resonate, but others might more so to the point of, wow, now this takes me on a little adventure that takes me on to more adventures. In my own story, I took a break from alcohol and I got bored with the status quo of the well-worn path of a broker in the city and, you know, all the golden handcuffs that comes with that and decided to step out of that and, and take a different path. And every twist and turn since then, whilst it all hasn't been like roses and rainbows, there's been learning in there, even when it does go wrong and it leads to these bigger life adventures that we're both on now. Which, which I just love about your story. So you're building up momentum. You've done this, you know, cross Australia skateboard, which is pr- unbelievable. And there's so many adventures. And then I'll ask some sort of general questions about the adventures. But where did you get to this, the thousand mile um, challenge? Where did that come? After, after I made it to Brisbane, I skated for 156 days, 3,600 odd miles. I broke the Guinness distance world record honestly yeah i did it uh within within a year of deciding to of getting onto a board for the first time and uh after that i kind of felt i was exhausted and i never wanted to skateboard again for once but i i knew i couldn't go back to just doing a job that i didn't like you know uh so i i felt like there was an opportunity in everything and if i just decided to pack up my job as the world's graphic design worst graphic designer and and go and skateboard you know across Australia, something that no human had ever done, obviously, before, uh, then then surely anything else was possible. And I just wanted life to be interesting. You know, that was the baseline. And I kind of potted around for a, for a couple of years. Honestly, I was I was living super cheap. I was sleeping on people's sofas or hammocking in London parks. Uh, no one ever looks up. So it's it's a brilliant free accommodation and <laughs> um, and not spending any money. So I didn't have that pressure to go out and, yeah. you know, spend all of my hours working just so I could afford yeah the rent and stuff um and that's that was that was an absolutely crucial lesson for me even though it wasn't comfortable at all there's a lot of compromises that came with that every time I saw someone in a suit I had this kind of weird jealousy that they had money in their pocket I didn't Mm. but I did have time and I used that time to start honing writing skills and learning how to make films and tell stories and more importantly kind of live a life that led to new story after new story and that felt really worth it i i i had a constant uh, eternal hope that if i carried on living that way then the skills that i was developing the ones i really wanted to have yeah. would end up paying because i'd spend enough time and i'd be good enough um not necessarily the 10,000 hours thing but just stands to reason if I do it enough, I'll be good. And then and then I'll, yeah. I won't have to sleep on people's sofas or up trees of doing random little projects before I felt that need to go back on another big adventure. And I, the most peaceful moment of skateboarding across Australia in those 6,000 kilometers was a 100 meter stretch when I skated onto a car ferry in Wellington, South Australia. And that ferry crossed the the murray river really close to its mouth in in south australia and it was so so peaceful fish were jumping out the water and pelicans were swooping and willows were weeping and it was just how wonderful it would be to travel along a river and not have to dodge cars all day i felt like i was you know i was right on the edge sometimes mortally and so i i went back to australia and i paddled the length of the murray two and a half thousand kilometers in two and a half months in a 17 foot kayak named nala wow and it was it was gorgeous it kind of bred in me a love for traveling on water rivers especially that has never left me it's it's grown stronger every year and most importantly i suppose it was my second big adventure and i knew then that every single day was a kaleidoscope of different stories and challenges and hurdles and no not always easy but uh you know infinitely better than than spending another day making bad websites or news at a desk in Swansea yeah. and I I thought that I have to live this way the thing is I found an adventure something that made me feel ever so rich richer than anything else but it came with the compromise of sadness afterwards I had this mm-hmm. you know you come to a standstill after 
aiming for Brisbane on a skateboard or the or the the Southern Ocean in the kayak. And then I didn't have a goal anymore. And I realized yeah. pretty fast after the kayaking trip that I didn't want to go for three or four months or whatever it was on the adventure and then feel depressed afterwards because I didn't have anything like else to work down. Almost. Yeah, yeah. The post expedition blues, all of this stuff. Yeah. And yeah, it didn't didn't feel like a decent balance for me. And I realized the one thing I was missing was a longer term plan. So that's where Expedition 1000 came from, this idea to do 25 different journeys, each one at least 1000 miles in distance. And each one, and this was the key for me because I needed to incorporate the skateboard and the kayak, each one using a different form of non-motorized transport. So by the time I came up with Expedition 1000, I'd already done two of my thousand plus mile trips. Yeah. And all I needed to do was another 23. Uh, so, <laughs> and I chose 25 because it was it was such a long, far off goal. I, it wasn't something I could tick off in a couple yeah. of years. I knew that this was going to be probably several decades in the making. And I, it was my project. I made the rules. Each journey had to come in at less than 1,000 pounds cost. I can't couldn't justify spending thousands and thousands of pounds to row an ocean, for example. Uh, and I didn't train. I didn't want to train for any of them. I just wanted to take it easy at the beginning and grow my strength on the journey. So those were my those were my rules. And as soon as I set that project, I felt like I had an identity worth working towards. Yeah, and that meaning and purpose, like you said, to avoid almost the, the highs and lows of adventure, that longer-term product uh, uh, adventure would feed you with meaning and purpose for many decades, as you mm. said. So that would be one adventure to the next i mean there's so much in there and even when you're talking it reminds me of watching um uh oh god i can't think of his name the guy that run why has it escaped me the guy that ran uh back-to-back marathons oh eddie Izzard. eddie Izzard. and watching him and i thought that was interesting because you said about not training or preparing for it but when i watched him run marathons he literally had no training and it was the you know the sort of preamble to it was like i take it you're a habitual runner no what's your preparation been like well i've run about 10k all right you're going to run these back-to-back marathons but then you watch that documentary and he got stronger and stronger obviously there's adversity and obstacles but his body adapted i just found that fascinating i think the human body is so adaptable mentally and physically hmm. and then to hear that in your story i think is really powerful. And, and just on that note, what, what was you doing? Was you like, for example, when you were paddling down the river, were you just pulling up on side of the river and setting up a tent and sleeping in your tent? Or were you trying to get to built up places? I guess there is no built up places for a lot of that. Yeah, uh, not not too frequent, certainly in, in many of the journeys I've done. I really like social trips where I meet people and get get a feeling for how they live in different parts of the world but uh i also like the remote time so a real a real balance and yeah most of the time i would get to the riverbank sling a tent in the early days uh in the recent kind of 10 years it's it's hammocks my choice if i can uh and but so often i was taken in by complete strangers we'd meet and a minute a minute later We've got a room, a meal, you definitely need a shower, you know. But there was something about having that icebreaker, which was just the method of, of the travel, plus a big smile. And yeah. that was a, that was enough to make friends really fast. And that, that's carried me all the way through. You can't have a budget for the kindness of strangers, but the, the beauty of these, uh, these, these people that I met on every journey was reason enough to go and do it. Yeah, I absolutely love that. And there is a large part of me that wants to go. I'm really drawn to an adventure. So I thought we might just explore that now. Like the, like a Camino, right? Which is, you know, the six-week walk, which is pretty tame in, you know, relative terms to the things that you're talking about. But I think there is an adventure in me. I'm trying to restructure what it is that I do and the way that I do it. So there is the potential to do exactly what I do whilst on the move Mm -hmm. my wife's probably listening to this going what's he on about where's he going (laughs) right and that again is is you know to to sort of explore that you know i've got lovely wife and my 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 daughters teenage daughters so there is a bit of me that would like to sort of start something or explore something and i'm sure there's lots of people listening going wow that sounds amazing which makes sense when you're 25 or 27 (laughs) maybe you're single and you can go off and do these things and live for under a thousand pounds and sort of disappear and then you get to sort of or somewhere on your journey and you've got all these other responsibilities in terms of what you're doing now because you're doing loads of wonderful things and we'll get to that in a second would you have any sort of advice to someone that's in that place going oh i don't know where to start or where to begin but i feel like there's a bit of an adventure inside of me 
Yeah, for sure. I, I mean, I, I, I feel like we're here as a human race because of groups of people embarking on adventures of their own. And I think the first thing is to remember that kind of on a global level, uh, it's they're not that important, but on a personal level, they could be the best rite of passage you ever take. And mm. there's something really seductive about the freedom of just hitting the road. It could be on foot, on a bicycle, a skateboard, kayak, paddleboard, whatever it might be, but just, just moving day to day to day. And there's this, there is this kind of other side, uh, this other school of thought uh, called Micro Adventures, which was founded by Al Humphreys. If you haven't interviewed Al, then, then you must. It'd be a really good fit. I think you guys would get on. But, oh, excellent. but for me, you know, the idea of micro adventures is, you know, you could, you could head out and just, you know, just wild camp for one night or, you know, travel down a small river for a couple, make the most of your weekend. But a really long, long term thing, something that's going to be at least three or four weeks. I, I, I think everybody should, should do it at some point because it's not easy to go for that long. You know, if, you, mm. if you've got two days free and you make the most of it, that's awesome. But it's not necessarily going to be life-changing you know that you're home in two days to your bed and your pillows whereas if you're if you're just heading off for a long period of time man the freedom of thought and 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 time you have to process all of that stuff we don't give ourselves when we're when we're just kind of on our day-to-day treadmill uh even if it's a nice looking treadmill it's it's invaluable you get to know yourself and and that's what i get from my adventures i got i I suppose the most recent ones have been a break in many ways in between a mm. a really kind of happily busy life. Uh, and I'm productive as just as much in between my adventures, if not more so than I, than I am during them, you know, and going away for a thousand mile six week trip is, is a beautiful, beautiful escape. But the thinking time, you know, it's the only way to get it for me. And knowing you can go and do something like that, something that, most people in the world wouldn't be fortunate enough to do or brave enough or whatever it might be uh if you've got the opportunity why the heck wouldn't you yeah see i love this this is this is speaking my language because even (laughs) what i do now i I run courses for people and and some of the the sort of i guess the cornerstone to those courses is that i think we're all drawn to the camino for example or an adventure Hmm. same thing that's going to take us away from the busyness of life really what's the underlying for all of those adventures you described it perfectly the camino is thinking time Mm -hmm. it's reflective time i think we crave it we desire it but rarely ever do we actually facilitate such an adventure or such time away to reflect and really learn so that's why i set up online courses around that for the same idea to try and give people that reflective time in and around their busy jobs but Mm. I know what tends to happen is they have these beautiful insights and then I think they gain more courage to go on a real world adventure to actually then get that extended space because you're right I think it's not in the weekends they're brilliant don't get me wrong Mm. but I think it's in the two weeks the three weeks the four weeks the six weeks where there's just that space to really think deeply even though it's not a deliberate process it's part of the adventure, isn't it? Getting from A to B and having to like deal with the wilds or whatever the adventure is yeah. that seems to trigger something in people that's a spiritual. And I guess that's why almost these long walks have been these sort of spiritual pilgrimages because I guess it's the exact same thing. Somewhere on that journey, for lots of people, not everyone, there's insight that they would never get to had they been stuck in the nine to five and lives are so busy now. So I'm totally with you. I think it should be a prerequisite for everyone. I was lucky enough. I had enforced gardening leave at one point as I transitioned from my broken career to set up another brokerage and I had nine months off. And in that space, I did lots of adventuring and I had the most wonderful insights in there that made me realize I didn't want to be a broker anymore. Mm. Yeah, I just signed a five year deal (laughs) with sort of golden handcuffs all over it. But that was enough for me. That insight there allowed me then to spend the next five years preparing and building so that when that contract was up, I was out and I was off to do something different. So you are so right. I think that's brilliant, brilliant advice. Um, And then just one other thing, and you mentioned it in there, I just wanted to come back to was wild camping. Now, wasn't it a quest or a call for wild camping that started the whole Say Yes More movement? Yeah, the, the, the Yes tribe. So Say Yes More was, was my personal motto, uh, you know, bred out of that, that 25th yeah. birthday morning conversation with the cat. And that I've carried with me uh, ever since. 
years after that chat and with uh, with Keyworth, I started talking about it. You know, it was it was always just in my head, just kind of driving yeah. me forwards. And I started talking about it a bit more openly when I was swimming down the Missouri. And, you know, I kind of by at that point, I'd become a bit more comfortable with who I was and the life path I'd, I'd taken as random as it was. And I felt like there was there was maybe something I could offer really know what and it all still seems a little bit trite to me but because uh, adventure honestly doesn't feel that important uh, and it's a really fortunate place to be but say yes more seemed to resonate with the first few people yeah. that I about and then three years later in 2015 I came back to the UK after after some more time away and I really missed that feeling that I had in the midst of my adventures where I you know when I when I'd meet a complete stranger and then they become friends instantly and often help me out. And uh, the I wanted to find people who were the equivalent of those river and road angels that I'd met on my quests yeah. back in London, where everyone was running around, heads down, no time for anyone, especially strangers. And I thought the best way to do that would be to get people outside and moving a little bit. So uh, I invited them wild camping, you know, one one school night, meet at a train station and 19 people turned up underneath the train oh, station yeah. clock and we got a train out for half an hour just under half an hour got to know each other around a campfire slept in bivy bags and hammocks and tents in this park on a hill and then everyone got up the next morning and zoomed back into london a bit smelly but with 18 new friends and yeah. it it just made so much sense if you've gone down the road you know taking it back to the pub and ask someone any random person in a pub do you want to go wild camping with complete strangers tonight near london they'd be like hell no i'll, I'll totally <laughs> die nice. uh, so the people who turned didn't have this idea that all strangers were dangerous uh they had a little bit more kind of open-mindedness to them and they just like the idea of sleeping outside which is you know the best short-term break you can ever have so uh we did it again the next week and 25 people turned up and then the next over 30 and before we knew it there were kind of over 50 people rocking up at any given train station and wild camping is mildly illegal in england i was gonna say what's the setup with that yeah yeah but the setup was let's stop worrying about this stuff we're not yeah. we're not causing any damage we're you know we pick up our litter all of that leave no trace which is the basic rule and even though you're not supposed to wild camp I think that's utterly ridiculous if no one finds you and you don't disturb anyone. So the idea was to try and hide everybody away in a woodland or on a hill or in grassland or wherever. So no one would be bothered. Um, we'd all be up early and away before the dog walkers, you know, came out. <laughs> and that's how it went. Uh, and, Lovely. you know, now and then when an early morning dog walker did happen to upon someone sleeping in a, in a big sleeping bag uh, in, uh, in a woodland on their normal morning walk, it was like a morning and they morning. were like that's how's it cool. going <laughs> yeah. so yeah i think this is really fast uh a community a community called the yes tribe grew out of those early camping trips and we ran about 20 during the summer of 2015 had a festival at the end of the that that summer which i called yesterval i'd always wanted to have a yesterval but didn't know who would come or what would happen <laughs> and and that was really the yeah that was the start of the yes tribe which is now over six years old 25,000 strong and so much wow. mad stuff has happened <laughs> do you know what just if you said that i've realized that another connection my friend is jay lucas yeah if you know jay but he was at the yesterval and he told me all about this yesterval that he was going to i've only just connected the dots that's so cool <laughs> and because he was on the verge i got to know him through one you know beer and he was on the verge of this massive life transition where mm. he was going to get in a camper van uh, with his wife i think and just travel with Charlotte and just yeah. travel all around and work. And he said, I'm inspired by this, this movement. And I remember it now. And he went to the Yesterval and I think he listened to people speaking at the Yesterval. And I'm pretty sure he actually went and delivered a talk as he was on the verge of his own adventure at the Yesterval. That is so cool. Yeah, he, he so did. In fact, I'm going to send Jay, I'm going to just take a photo and I'll send that to Jay. He'll love it. <laughs> yeah, and he, he will. He talked, I mean, he talked about you back then back then Andy and I think these these connections it's amazing how how they how they happen as soon as you start yeah. deciding to to live by by uh by these kind of decisions 
it's cool it is so cool and then to see that that tribe grow and you know more people coming and then you know there's a real direct connection between us now and i've seen someone totally inspired to do something that i thought was incredibly courageous and exciting and see it unfold for jay and see that adventure come out because of your you know your own original courage and then the community that forms around that and i think the community piece is so important isn't it and you touched on that in your adventures part of it really mm-hmm. was adventure with connection in many ways like all those angels that you met along the way that supported you and I feel very strongly around the same and have built communities around it because I think people are looking for a tribe of people that get them because I think very often it's quite hard in your personal circles and networks to always get a group of people that totally understand you are on the same wavelength where it's very nice now I think how the world's changed we've got these beautiful channels of communication that we can yeah. actually go and find a tribe that resonates exactly with us, whether that's, you know, the, the Say Yes More tribe or whatever it is. I just think that's incredibly powerful. And then to see that playing out, to see other people inspire other people, inspire other people, I just think that's a beautiful thing. Yeah, it is. It's amazing. And that's exactly what the true power of the internet is. You know, if it's mm. used, yeah, we all, we all know how it can be used badly. But if you use it well, it's it's an incredibly powerful tool. And that's that was always my intention with with the yes tribe specifically i think as as we discussed earlier the idea of going on an adventure doing something different is really seductive and yet for someone like me for whatever reason i felt i found it easy to well relatively easy to to quit everything and go and do an adventure the same adventure is in everybody but the process to get there is a bit different and i know that it's so much easier when you're surrounded by the type of people who say yeah i can help you that's a cool idea rather than why would you quit your job why would you leave your house what about that what about this and it takes some time to work out that any of those those naysayers even if they're family and friends who who love you they're just talking to themselves they don't you know when you come back i guarantee they will not ask to see your photos uh you know they they don't care (laughs) at all because it's your experience uh and and therefore they don't have the right to question what you want to do either so finding those people who support you yeah i think it's it's so important and you're right it's this it's a solo mission that we're on (laughs) even though we're together as a group in a community very often and i talk about this a lot it is your choice it is your adventure it is your mission that we we go out on and i think finding groups and communities that then you can join just makes all the difference so with say yes more and that building twenty-five thousand people strong and all of these amazing adventures that you've been on and you flippantly mentioned at one point oh when i was swimming up the missouri river which we didn't even get to that just blows my mind already but let's get to where you are like now what's i'm just intrigued to know as this sort of adventurer are you sort of settled in any way? What's happening right now? I know you've got a big project on that I thought we could explore. Yeah. Hey, it's funny, isn't it? How like a massive adventure at the time in a few years just is is condensed down into one sentence. And it's just like, yeah. <laughs> uh, I'd rather that than like, oh, I was doing this job. I hate it. Uh, so yeah, exactly. Now I'm, uh, I'm a married man. I was, I was on a, I was on a trip at the end of 2015 friend Leon and broke my leg uh, on a on a walking journey which was meant to be a, a thousand mile walk the only trip I haven't succeeded was walking something I've been doing all my life how did what, you break your leg walking out of interest yeah we just walked the length of the west bank and then was heading up the Jordan Valley and I it was just two stress fractures a, a, oh, okay. a bag filled with heavy camera equipment um, you know proper idiot anyway I, I come home four months early and went to a yes tribe new year's party and met em uh who is who then became oh, cool. you know is is my wife now and em and i uh she almost instantly started helping me run say yes more in the yes tribe and through through various projects we converted a double decker bus uh with the help of a few members of the tribe into a cool community base camp and did all kinds of other stuff and we realized throughout this whole process that we we really wanted some land of our own as as not just a home for say yes more but a base camp for us too where we could have our own kind of camping glamping business run a forest school grow our own veg have alpacas and on and on not plant loads of trees so yeah when covid kicked in in march last year all of our income was gone you know so many people have a similar story and we just thought this is the time to make this this dream 
come to reality. We didn't have the money at all. Uh, we still don't. We kind of bought the place largely with with somebody else's, uh, which we'll naturally be paying back. But in the meantime, we're we found 15 acres in Lincolnshire. We, we've been here since December now. Uh, we have our alpacas, which all came out of an April Fool's joke on the, on the Yes Tribe a few years ago. Right. And we've got two converted buses on site. The Yes bus is one of them, another American school bus, a big old camping meadow. We're growing our own veg. We've got four acres of woodland. And I've been just learning how to build stuff by watching YouTube and waving tools around for a few months. And I've learned, I've learned so much. <laughs> oh that is i mean that's like my dream at the moment if i could map it out i'm so drawn to it's ridiculous i like to find myself <laughs> awake at night reading books about this stuff like literally reading books about growing my own vegetables and self-sufficiency and uh sustainable agriculture and i'm totally geeking out on it and then i'm not even walking out in the garden like barely to do a thing and I, you know but i'm out in nature the whole time but that's sort of that there's something about that i think that's a really cool adventure that many of us are drawn to to you know have to grow your own veg to maybe be somewhat self-sufficient to create yeah. a space that people can come together a base for the yes tribe so what is the plan with that is that a plan that people will be able to use as retreats or ongoing camping how how's that going to work yeah for sure so we're still going through kind of boring bureaucratic planning permission paperwork phase right. um which is not not my kettle of fish because i hate it when other people have control over the way I'm feeling yeah. and what I can do. But on the whole, you know, we're calling the, the place the Big Sky Hideaway. You can find it on Facebook and it's Big Sky Oasis on Instagram, but only because someone's already taken Big Sky Hideaway. What? Uh, what? But we've been here for, yeah, for eight months, like I said. We've, we've done a huge amount. The place looks like more or less the uh the the place that will will be evolving over the next few years and yeah people can come and just have a good relaxing camping weekend they can come and hang out with the alpacas we we're just setting up a hammock village with sky tents in our woodland we'll do bushcraft courses and filmmaking yeah. workshops and co-working weekends and and retreats and just or just come glamping with some mates and stay on a school bus or or a, in a land pod. Uh, yeah, it's a mate, mate. You've got to get yourself up here. It's I'm all I'm all so over cool. it. Like the proverbial that is that is definitely a bit of me. And and I just noticed as well is Ben Fogel filming part of this or is this <laughs> a different thing that you're involved in? Yeah, no, same thing. So yeah, prop it's it's all it's all been a bit insane hasn't it the last the last few months so yeah ben fogel's make a new life in the country show they've they've been filming with us since october as one of their their episode subjects for the next series so that will be out in december 2021 or january uh 2022 so uh yeah it's all a bit weird um it'll be amazing looking back at that show and seeing the progress that we've made which has been hard work you know 10 to 14 hours yeah. outside every single day for eight months and the the process has been really slow iteratively but looking back i can already see we've made huge changes so hopefully we won't come across as too idiotic on tv <laughs> i think that's always the worry about those things i can imagine it's like oh no yeah. how are they gonna how are we gonna come out in the edit you just don't know do you i mean ems and i we're not overly dramatic people either and yeah. I, I i really did worry i you know it was a big kind of question mark whether we wanted to put ourselves through that but the producer's awesome and they totally get what we're about and hopefully they're it's a fairly kind of aspirational show so hopefully yeah they won't kind of edit us being more stupid than we really are no, exactly. And Ben Fogel obviously is a great adventurer himself mm. in many ways. So, you know, someone that I always admire and love to listen to. So I think that's a lovely association to have. So there's more adventures within the adventures. So even though you might mm. not be traversing the world in many ways, what a great adventure that is in itself to create something that, you know, could be a generational thing for people to enjoy and for the Yes Tribe to hang out i will definitely be there 100 percent, and you know i i will commit to these things because i love doing it and i think that just sounds like a great adventure i'd like to meet you in person so we will 100 percent set that up and then just on that note for anyone listening how can they you touch on it already but how can they find out more about you or the, the yes tribe and all the things they need to do yeah so i suppose there's there's three things there's there's the adventure side of stuff so if you google dave cornthwaite and if you can't spell cornthwaite just dave corn should should get you to my channels um, close. 
and just just have a have a look around um there's all kinds of social projects as well as big adventures and i've still got 10 thousand milers to go i've only done 15 of them so far so at some point when i'm ready to release myself from the ranch and the alpacas uh for a while there'll be more adventures to follow say yes more is say yes more.com or find the the central group the yes tribe on facebook when there's regional groups the yes tribe east midlands the yes tribe cornwall wherever you are just uh just tap that into facebook and then yeah bigskyhideaway.com just have a look and see what we're up to there's uh there's all kinds of content and at the very least alpacas are damn cute and we post lots of photos of them fab and then just before we go because what are the adventures can you just list them off and uh, any next ones that are planned i know you haven't got them all mapped out but yeah well oh god this is a test andy um so the the 15 journeys in order uh that i've traveled over a thousand miles on are skateboard across australia kayak the murray river tandem bicycle from vancouver to vegas with my friend seb first person to stand up paddleboard the length of the mississippi river sailed across the pacific uh rode a four-wheel bicycle uh bike car named priscilla it's basically a bicycle that desperately wants to be a car from memphis to miami <laughs> i swam 1001 miles down the missouri river dragging a 35 kilo raft uh, i rode an elliptigo from everton's training ground to nice uh, <laughs> um i went to the atacama desert and rode a thousand miles on a wike a tricycle with a sail uh hobie kayak across scandinavia uh from from oslo to helsinki all the way across the baltic in a 16 foot boat that, that was pretty rad uh, an ice trike from the middle of germany all the way back to cornwall kick scooter on a swifty scooter around japan uh haza pino hybrid tandem with my then girlfriend uh now wife M along the danube river number 14 was uh the norwegian coastline on a water bike man that was bumpy and the last one i did was in the summer of 2019 on a recumbent bicycle from facebook hq in san francisco all the way to memphis tennessee just in time for my annual uh, expedition group trip down the mississippi river <laughs> I love it. I mean, that is unbelievable. And genuinely, I was thinking of walking a stretch of the Essex Way at the weekend. That's how excited it gets for me. I'm like, <laughs> what, what's the point in that? The little bit of the Essex Way, you know, like just a little <laughs> stroll. But anyway, it's start. We start every great adventure, as they say, starts every thousand mile adventure starts with a single step. And I think that's definitely what I'm going to oh, take I, away from I this. I disagree. I disagree with that. Every, oh, good. Every thousand mile adventure starts with an idea. Uh, you know, it's got to come from somewhere. Uh, the, the step is, you know, the first step's just just a little bit of the process along the way. A bit of uh, the process further down the line. Andy, here's the cool thing. Out of all those adventures listed off, every single one of them is now just a sentence in my life. And yeah. in total, if you kind of back the time up day to day, they've, they've all taken, uh, in total, 414 days. I'm almost 42. I'm almost 42 years old. These 15 adventures form so much a part of my identity, certainly for other people. Uh, yeah, it's taken less than a year and a quarter of my life. So, you know, it goes to show that these big adventures, they do make a difference individually, but uh, you don't need to, you don't need to dedicate your entire life to them. Yeah, that's, that is incredibly important, exactly, because in my mind, you'd assume that was, again, 15 years of constant travel and adventuring. But like you say, obviously, yeah. there's the planning and the preparation, but the actual time away on the adventure is is pretty small i think that's just unbelievably cool and we can <laughs> deep dive into all of those another time i think i think we most definitely should and just one more thing before you go do you have another adventure planned is the next one planned or is it not even on the in the brain just yet no i've got 10 more left i don't really plan them until yeah four weeks out uh, because I ch I'm doing so many new things. I, I change as a bloke all the time. Uh, so I can't plan too far ahead because I might get there and not want to do it because I'm a different man. So, uh, yeah. yeah, I don't know. I'd like to do a canoe trip. I've still got to do a walking trip. I haven't even traveled a thousand miles on a normal bicycle yet. So I've got 10 to choose from. And uh, at the moment, I've been traveling for 15 years to end up in a place I don't want to leave. So when I'm ready to take a break, it might be a couple of years, Perfect. I'll go. I love it. I love it. Well, that's the perfect place to wrap it up. I will be seeing you soon. I'm confident of that. And I'm sure we'll get you back on. And I might come back on after my little adventure, wherever that takes me. Hopefully yeah. it's slightly more exciting than a stretch of the Essex way. <laughs> you never know. That could be exciting. Depends where it is in Essex, I guess. Yeah. Do it on a unicycle. <laughs> Do it. On, but there we go. 
Right, there we go. That's how to do it. I love it. Thanks, Dave. That's been absolutely class. We'll see you again soon. Thanks, buddy. Love that. If you enjoyed this episode, please check out the shorter episodes, which are clips from my daily live show, The Fun Side of the Island with Andy Ramage, that you can join every day at 7.15am BST by following at Andy Ramage Official on Facebook, Instagram, and on YouTube, search for Andy Ramage. Also, for the first time ever, I'm now training double accredited coaches in my unique coaching blueprint. Go to andyramage.com and check out courses for more information. And if you'd like to train with me on my latest online live course, The Arate Way, also head to andyramage.com courses. I'll make no secret of it. I would love to train with you. So let's make it happen. And I thank you for listening. It's deeply appreciated. The best thing you can do to show some love to the podcast is to click subscribe or follow. And don't forget the sponsors, Athletic Greens, who are giving our listeners a free year supply. Yes, free year supply of vitamin D and five free travel packs today when you go to athleticgreens.com forward slash Andy Ramage and sign up. And I love it most of all when you share the episode you enjoy on social media. You can just take a screenshot as you listen and then put it out and tag me in at Andy Ramage Official on Facebook and Insta. You're amazing. Finally, you can sign up to my free newsletter where I share exclusive posts along with things I'm enjoying such as podcasts, books, quotes, TED Talks and much more. And many of you message to say this is your favourite thing that I produce. So please check it out by going to andyramage.com and there is an option to sign up at the footer of every page. As always, a massive thank you to Matt McCormick for producing the podcast and thank you to Austin Sweetman for your digital promotions. You can find me on team at andyramage.com, at andyramageofficial on Insta and Facebook, and Andy Ramage on YouTube. See you back here soon for another episode. Let's do this.